Welcome to the After Dark Podcast with Anthony James and Conrad. Episode 8. As you sow, so shall you reap. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hello and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony James and that's Conrad. Hello. That's him. This week on the After Dark Podcast, we're looking at episode 8. I'm not going to try and pronounce it yet. I'll pronounce it later on. And this episode was very interesting, Conrad. What did you think? Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot that happens in this episode. A lot of developments, a lot of theories coming out of this. Perhaps perhaps some that need to be revisited from, from before. Okay. So uh, Conrad was just telling me just before we started recording, at the end of this episode, he had a good idea. And what we're going to do is we're going to go through each of the uh, theories that he has got wrong so far. So in Conrad's theory matrix... He's crossed, crossed the load off that haven't come true. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be going through them. This was a bad episode for that. I'll, 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 I'll lead with that and say, if, you, if you're looking forward to hearing me sounding like an idiot because I got loads of things wrong, stay tuned. Stay tuned. This is the week <laughs> for you. Uh, okay, awesome. If you want to subscribe to us on YouTube, if you haven't already, that'd be fantastic. If you want to subscribe on uh, the podcasting apps, so Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the general big ones, they seem to be all there. Um, if they're not on a podcasting app, it's because that podcasting app wants to own us, and that's not going to happen. So subscribe there. Um, I see we actually had quite a big boost in subscribers this week, so thank you very much. Keep going, keep going. That'll be fantastic. Um, what else do we have to say? Oh, yes. I was going to say uh, Conrad and I were speaking, and I've got a bit of an announcement slash not announcement. Um, in the next few weeks, uh, it's going to be a bit different. Next week's episode, for episode 9 we aren't going to be able to have any questions from you. Uh, actually, that sounds pretty harsh, but we're not going to be able to get your, we're not going to be able to get your questions. Uh, so there'll be no question and answers video. And the reason for that is that I'm expecting uh, my second child and that could be happening any moment. And I'm pretty sure uh, it will happen any moment. So we have to actually record a couple of these episodes in advance. So therefore, we're not going to get your questions in time. So we do apologize about that. If you do leave questions on the video, I'll, maybe I'll still put the link there for the questions on that episode, uh, on episode eight for nine and nine for 10. And maybe we'll get around to them in maybe the season roundup if they're still relevant, or maybe we'll just, maybe we'll touch on them one day. Maybe I'll just ask Conrad and we'll have a chat about it ourselves, but that's, that's the case. So the thing will still be there, but don't expect those episodes. Okay. Is that, does that sound fair, Conrad? Yeah, I think, you know, big news is congratulations on the on the baby and everything. I'm sure everyone is, all of your subscribers, uh, congratulatory and cheering yeah. on the idea of a new dark viewer joining joining the world. Oh, don't worry. I'm, I'm thinking, what, what age could I introduce them to dark? Oh, straight away, straight away. Get them yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. Totally appropriate for children. <laughs> maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll just let them watch it and then they'll, they'll grow up with speaking German. And then they can, <laughs> yeah, they, exactly. they can tell me how to pronounce everything. Yeah, you want them to be poly, uh, a polyglot. <laughs> All right. Okay. Awesome. So we're going to go into the episode now. With that, with that being said, do not comment. Although, do comment. I'll still like to read them, but do not yeah, comment. Still comment, but you know, just know that we won't be able to address it specifically in the next video. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Oh, let's break it down. So the episode opens. Hell is empty, and all of the devils are here. William Shakespeare. It's, um, did you ever watch Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? Uh, I watched, actually, I did watch an episode or two of that, yes. I haven't yeah, seen the whole thing. 
he would he would sometimes put like Shakespeare quotes um, in between scenes in in his episodes, and this reminded me of that um, just because it's it's very sort of dramatic and there's a lot of gravitas to it, um, which made me laugh as soon as I saw it. But uh, it's very appropriate. It's from The Tempest, which is about a group of people kind of stranded on an island, um, which uh, kind of mirrors what we're seeing here. Yeah. Although what we're seeing here is not lost, but you know, thematically. Right. Yeah. Uh, a time then, island. So I'm sure then, uh, Conrad, you were very interested to see how this episode opened with a young boy who obviously you, you sort of have gauged that that is Helga because he woke up from the, the sort of dream or nightmare he was having. And this was the young boy. Yeah. Um, so he, he's, he's riding through what you will come to learn is 1953. Yeah. And uh, he rides up to the uh, nuclear power plant, or I suppose he follows a young Egon Tiedemann in, yes. in, up to the nuclear power plant where there's two young boy's body's been found um and it's the power plant hasn't been built yet um what are you i'm gonna let you have a little go at this first and then as always i'll maybe add something maybe not <laughs> so um the, probably the first thing that i noted about young helga in this scene and indeed this entire episode so he's a bit weird as a character <laughs> he just he just does weird things sometimes um well, he's got the charlotte uh collecting dead birds thing absolutely he does yeah uh, he, he's you know i understand why he gets bullied let's put it that way <laughs> that's a joke that's not an endorsement of bullying please don't no, go no. bully people um but uh yeah so um Obviously, the, the, the big thing in this opening is them finding the bodies in 1953, which, which prompts the question, mm -hmm. why are these bodies being disposed of in 1953? And why here? Obviously, we know what's going to happen. Well, by the end of this episode, we have an idea of what's going to happen at the nuclear power plant. Mm -hmm. um, and it seems very purposeful that these bodies were left here as opposed to actually disposed of in a way. I mean, there's woods all around Vinden, so it's not unreasonable that you could actually hide a body in a place where it wouldn't be found so these clearly were intended to be found um and also um something which comes back a bit later but which is first shown here is egon um with a rosary on his mm -hmm. uh, rear, rear view mirror um which you by the end of this episode i feel like they've done a really good job of kind of fleshing out egon's character um but this this idea that he in his younger days might have been a, a spiritual or religious man mm -hmm. yeah it gives a kind of another another stripe to to how he is in in the 80s and 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 kind of laces this entire timeline with a, a sort of touch of sadness for what we know happens to him yeah exactly and um a few things i was going to add to this uh, scene a few things that i've noticed sort of through the through the watch alongs that i've done and like rewatches. sorry uh couple of interesting things to note. First thing to note is it's really cool, I think, the fact that Ulrich was convinced in 2019 that the nuclear power plant had something to do with the boys going missing or that, or that they, were all, they were in the grounds of the nuclear power plant. And then it just so happens that that is true. It's just 66 years in the past. Yeah, just not when he thought it happened. Yeah, exactly. So, but he had, he had a good intuition, though. Um, another thing is, which is another sort of really cool little bit of irony, is um, the fact when Helga comes and he's little Helga and he's on his bike and then Egon looks at him. They're sort of discussing, like sort of, Egon is discussing with the other policeman. Um, did you clock who the other policeman was, by the way? I don't want to give it away just in case. Or... Um, Not really a spoiler, really, but... I don't think I did, no. The one who's kind of like, who he has a discussion with later about 
arresting people before they've actually done anything. Yeah, so it's not a spoiler. That's actually uh, Enos, that's Enos's father. So that's uh, Daniel Carnvald. So technically, oh, okay, I didn't, te- I didn't catch the name. Technically, that's uh, like Mikkel slash Michael's adoptive grandfather. Okay, yeah, I didn't, I didn't catch that character's name actually. So that's interesting. Um, so basically, what I noticed was Helga after Egon and Daniel Carnvald were talking about like you know who could have done this or whatever. Uh, Egon turns around and he sees young Helga. Yeah. Um, we know that Helga, middle-aged Helga, is the one who done this. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like he's, he's he's right there, and then sort of young Helga discovers his older selves, you know, sort of nefarious uh, actions, which is pretty. It's a nice little bit of irony. So there's a couple of cool bits of irony in that opening scene. Yeah. No. Definitely. And 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 Helga, young Helga, is kind of. I feel like presented as as throughout this episode as having a kind of certainly a morbid fatuation infatuation with death if not an unhealthy um attachment to it and uh, it's it's really kind of subtle and smart in the way that the 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 child actor's performance kind of hints at that um throughout this episode although as you say with the, the birds later it is explicitly stated once or twice yeah, exactly. And um, I'm watching the dub, so there's nothing subtle about it. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like dead birds. Yeah, is, yeah. You know, going to be a line, line in that scene. Yeah. Also, they have the um, the sign of the nuclear power plant coming, which really reminded me of the sign in uh, Hill Valley in Back to the Future about the, the new, uh, in 1955 it is, with, yeah. the, with the new uh, housing development coming. That reminded yeah. me of that. Very kitschy. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we're going to be moving on to the pronunciation section. So the name of this episode in English is As You Sow, So You Shall Reap. So shall shall you reap, sorry. As you sow, so shall you reap. It's going to be a lengthy one for the YouTube title. Anyway, okay. um, I don't know. Uh, There's a few things in here that are going to catch me up. I can tell you that now. Right, here we go. Take a running start at it. Was man sat das Wort man ernten? I think you're pretty close. Yeah. Fassman Sat, I think, is how you'd say that because of the umlaut. And then Das Viet Man Enten. Or, yeah, I think it's Viet. Viet. I Viet. think it's Viet. Or it might be Viet. Like, I, I can't actually remember. But I think I, I'm pretty... I, I think you were quite close to it. I'm not confident I've changed it in any constructive way, to be honest. <laughs> See, I, I took such a running start on it that you, you have no idea even with those any mistakes in it. Yeah. I mean, it was. it sounded convincing to my again highly trained ear um you know if you if you if you wanted to 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 say to me it could be a nine berliner and that is a joke about jfk for those paying attention at home i would uh <laughs> which i appreciate is about... berliner. i only know that joke because of the simpsons to be honest <laughs> but it is about 60 years too late but um yeah if you wanted to claim that uh that du bist ein berliner i would uh, i would believe you Right. Okay. Well, I'm I'm interested to know because a couple of the times, like there was an interesting discussion in the comments in the last episode about the meaning of Kreuzweger, which was the name yeah. of the word from last from, from meant crossroads. But there was a really interesting comment. I don't know if you saw it, Conrad. It was going through the idea that the word actually means sort of it's it's referred to in in Germany as like the stations of the cross, like Jesus. Yeah, I path. did. I, yeah. I, I did see that actually, and it's fascinating for uh, that. There's, there's quite a brief moment later in this episode, which we'll probably come back to, but where where Egon is literally at a crossroads. Um, uh, young, e- or 
yeah 50s egon is at, um at a crossroads and i immediately thought back to that comment on the video um because it's yeah that's not the kind of um um subtext that that someone who doesn't doesn't know the sort of context of the language would spot so that's that's a really awesome comment yeah yeah there's a there's been a few things like that which you would really need to be uh, a german speaker or from germany to pick them up and there's also yeah. um there's one of the questions in the question and answers this week is about something that seems to be about german culture or a book within german germany at the minute it's popular um but I would have no idea about it, but we'll talk about it when we get there anyway. But it's 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 laced with the stuff that we as non-Germans wouldn't really get, but it's cool to have yeah. it pointed out. Okay, awesome. So we then go into one of many scenes. Now I'm going to try and amalgamate them as much as possible. It's not going to be possible the whole time, but I'm going to try to. Of HG Townhouse and the Stranger talking about time and talking about the universe, I suppose. Yeah. And this is interlaced with basically Ulrich's journey throughout the episode. Um, yeah, I, I mean, they, they've kind of mirrored in a way what uh, the episode with Jonas going through the caves, where where the sort of H.G. Tannhaus's workshop stuff with the stranger is 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 really smartly used to kind of dole out information about that that recontextualizes what we're seeing in the fifties with Ulrich's journey. Um, so it's it's this really cool back and forth between mm-hmm. between those two those two sort of stories, if you like. Yeah, and um, we, we don't have to get into the technicalities of what they're speaking about, but they're sort of trying to do the sciencey schmiency explanations. <laughs> yeah. You know, like uh, Einstein, Rosenbridge, lunar solar cycle. Like, I've got a maths degree, so a lot of a lot of it, you know, rings in the right ballpark. Do you know what I mean? And that, yeah. in, in a show like this, in, 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 a t- in a film or a TV show, all you need to do is just to make it convincing and make it in the right ballpark, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's not any you know, scientific papers written about tunnels going into the, into a cave about going through time that way. But as long as you make it in the right ballpark and somewhat explain what you're talking about, the audience will go along with you. Now I'm sure someone's going to comment in the comments saying it actually does make perfect sense because, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying it doesn't need to, it doesn't need to. Um, We've got yeah. some experts on relativity, very poised and ready to point us in the right direction. Yeah. And I would love to read those comments, but, uh, but I'm just want to make it known that it doesn't need to make fully full sense even if it even if you believe and even if it does do you know what i mean yeah it just needs to feel it needs to feel real for the world that it's happening in i think i'm a a total lay person when it comes to this and it and it certainly sounded uh believable to me yeah okay okay awesome so we'll sort of we'll probably come back and revisit like this little bits as we go along because there's some interesting parts in there little dialogue the whole the whole episode makes this podcast a little hard to do this episode because it is literally interlaced through the whole thing but we'll we'll try so then we get uh, a scene where we're introduced to uh, Helga's mother, uh, who is called Greta Doppler. And um, there's actually a, a great transition from uh, Ulrich in the, the tunnel uh, with, the, with, with his little uh, light, his little lighter. Yeah, his hand must be absolutely burning, having his all lighter the, guiding his way. Yeah, and all, the, all, yeah, all of the uh, like, like petrol or whatever's in there is sparking out. Did you no- notice yeah. that? Yeah, and I, I, I also as well, his entire, the, the whole like Ulrich's journey through the caves is very unpleasant because yeah, like the lighter looks uncomfortable and there's like really great effects with the, the fuel sparking off it and his wounds just look so disgusting as well. Like they've done a really good job with the makeup on Ulrich this yeah, episode. Yeah. 
he just he looks like a man who hasn't slept in five days and has gotten into a fight with security at a nuclear plant plant yeah so they've actually done exactly what they've, they've made him look exactly like <laughs> yeah. what he's done yeah exactly um so th- but the, there's a great transition from him in the cave it's really eerie and like sort of really tense and then it just cuts to like this really whimsical like 50 score or like 50 song of Helga going into his uh into his house yeah riding his bike in it just it was such a juxtaposition i just absolutely loved it yeah there's a there's a there's a definite tonal shift um when yeah when they they sort of cut to a lot of these uh 50s these 50s scenes um which is interesting as well because the music is tonally fairly inconsistent with what we actually see happen inside um the the doppler house yeah um actually this is a good point to say conrad or to get your get your thoughts um, we've sort of just jumped right into this, accepting that we're in the 50s. I want to actually just get your thoughts. What, what did you think when you started watching this episode and you realized, oh, this is in the 50s and we're getting the whole... Like they've, they're in episode eight of the first season, they're giving us all these new characters <laughs> in a new <laughs> setting. I, so I sent you this in a message, but... To, for the for the listeners' benefit, the absolute balls on the writers of <laughs> this show, the, like the audacity to be like, I know we're on episode eight of a ten episode season. How about we introduce <laughs> an entirely new cast of characters? Yeah, <laughs> outrageous thing to do. But I mean, you know, fair play to them; they they succeed. But what there's no there isn't a sane writer in the world who eighty percent of the way through a screenplay or a book says, I know what we need. <laughs> Let's, <laughs> let's let's throw an entirely new arc in here yeah you just imagine any film that you've ever seen in your life and like literally like an hour and a half in it just yeah. shifts and you just get a brand new show yeah just get you get laughed out of the building trying to get that film made but apparently baron Bodo and uh and yon chifreese i guess because they were making their own thing they were their own masters they, yeah. they they got to do it yeah like the big big risk takers i think i think as well like if you look at the first half of the season and the second half of the season there's definitely some mirroring going on they have the same ebbs and flows like uh the first half of the season went f- from 2019 and then slowly then uh we got into 1986 we had the whole episode of episode three in 1986 and this is kind of like the episode three of the second half yeah, of the season yeah i see what you mean yeah where it's just kind of it's really dedicated to establishing what's going on in the 50s. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. So uh, we then get the scene between uh, Helga's mother, Greta, and him. She's ordering him to undress. Uh, she seems to be a very strict woman. Um, and yeah, then... She, is that, it doesn't sorry? seem like... It's, uh, like as soon as I saw how she was with him, I started suspecting that she was like an evil stepmother because she doesn't seem very loving of him at all. But maybe that's maybe she's just an emotionally horrible woman. Yeah, she she seems that way. I think later on when she's calling his name in the garden, she sort of seems to have let her guard down a bit. But uh, yeah. but but definitely she uh, she's very cold, very like cold. She enjoys humiliating him by the looks of things, which is you know. It, it's it's interesting the way this this episode makes like kind of ebbs and flows and how it makes you feel about um about helga yeah and i i think as well like it definitely we're talking about the tonal shift into the 50s i think that definitely it's a the idea of being a strict household and you know being very conservative and i think i think that plays a part into the way that they're, they're getting this actress to act this character because it's it really is a massive shift from the other mothers we've seen yeah definitely like there's no maternal instinct here whatsoever yeah um and then we get uh burnt doppler in he comes uh yeah. he's a little bit more this burnt doppler i don't know why maybe it's because i'm just watching the, i'm watching the dub but this time watching it, i thought to myself burnt's a lot more goofy than i thought he'd be <laughs> as a younger man 
he's not I, I don't know if i'd say he's goofy in the german but he's definitely a lot more kind of jovial and friendly than he seemed than his older self seemed yeah yeah i would say that um so then uh halga says here there's some dead bodies down there go take a look it, obviously he's burnt his sort of the one spearheading the power plant so off he goes down to yeah. check it out back to work back to work yeah Okay, so uh, the next scene we get, as we always need to get when we go to a new time zone, we need to get the coroner's office. Yeah, finally a coroner who doesn't make jokes around corpses. Although actually this coroner does unwittingly make a very funny joke, uh, which we'll probably get to in a second. Yeah. So in the scene, there's two dead bodies this time, which makes it a bit different than the other coroner scenes, I suppose. They go through uh, each bit of possession, a bit like they went through the possessions of what we now know as Mads back in episode two, I believe. They yeah. went through the possessions of the body they found in 2019. And they go through with the uh, coin on the string, the burnt eyes, the made in China tops, which is again, very back to the future. Yeah, the- and they're, they're completely dumbfounded by this, uh, by this possibility and suggest they might be from China. Yeah, like even Egon read the label and then he said, from where? Um, but yeah, it felt like back to the future, you know, like uh, all the best stuff's made in Japan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so... Then the the joke that you were talking about, Conrad comes around, and it's uh... <laughs> this is great. I love it. It's like especially given the context in which it comes up, like only Dark could make a make could get humor out of a scene at a coroner's office where they're inspecting the bodies of two dead young boys. Yeah, like basically, obviously, the joke is that they're, they're dumbfounded and no have no idea what the tattoo of a unicorn spitting yeah. rainbows. <laughs> But I feel, but I feel like there's like a production joke in there on the part of the creators too, because they give you a close up on it in a way that that feels like it's kind of they're saying, oh, this is important, and it's so obviously not important. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's just them being like, oh, <laughs> yeah, this because that's what these dumb police uh, are choosing to focus on. Um, oh, I will actually point out as well in this scene on a slightly more serious note that um, this put the kibosh on my pennies being from a certain yes. time. Uh, so obviously all the pennies are from 1986 regardless of what, um, or thus far are all from 1986 regardless of what, um, what time the kids came from. I have another theory about this, but we'll get more into that later. Yeah, and I, but I will just say, I don't know if I'm basically giving away what your theory is. I don't know what it is, but I will just say, you kind of could still, you're still a little bit right because they, they all, we've sort of got a bit of, we've got pretty big hints at the minute that the bunker is the place where the wallpaper is and all in yeah. 1986. Yeah. Um, so the idea, we've seen Eric in that room. So you can imagine maybe Yasin was in that room too. So oh, yeah. You, yeah. So that they were both in '86 at some point. So the, that's where they came from, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? The last place they were, maybe. Yeah, I mean, so. So maybe, maybe get... your idea still sort of counts a little bit, doesn't it? Well, I mean, yeah, not to get too much into it now, but basically that the sort of the triquetra that's mentioned in the first H.G. Tanhouse scene where they're talking about there being three paths, you know, uh, past, mm-hmm. present and future. Um, played into this and maybe it's something to do with where the center of the um of the particular wormhole is but we'll get more into that shortly after okay <laughs> oh, well, cool. actually yeah in a couple of scenes time i think awesome and then in the next scene we we get uh ulrich emerging from the cave he's in 1953 
Yeah, and I love the way they distinguish with fairly, I mean, it's not that subtle, but fairly subtle um, imagery, the entrances to the cave in uh, 5386 and 2019 with the, the grate and then the, uh, the, well, the 86 doesn't have anything and then 2019 has the drug chair. Yeah, and 2019 also has the strip of uh, police tape as well, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so really subtle ways to do it, but yeah. So you have to sort of, you'll, you'll know going forward, you have to keep an eye out for which time zone we're in when it shows people going in and out of the cave. Um, and that they're the visual clues for you. Okay, so uh, we then get, uh, I hesitate to say montage, but it's sort of a long period of the episode where there's not really any dialogue. And uh, Helga is play acting as a soldier, um, yeah. goes down into the bunker, he's shooting things with a stick that looks very, very like a rifle. Um, yeah. He's also, it also has a really interesting like sort of decision directorially or, you know, maybe the cinematographer made it was to have like a POV shot, like it's a video game, but the gun, which is the stick is like, is there, it's a stick. Did you notice that shot? Oh, no, I didn't notice that at all, actually. When so, was that? Because someone was going into the bunker. Just before he went into the bunker, he was like, it showed a, a POV shot of Helga and he was moving the stick around and he eventually pointed at the bunker and then he went into the bunker. Oh yeah, no, I did notice that actually, but I didn't, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't kind of, I didn't register that that's kind of something they don't tend to do very often. Yeah, it, it sort of looked like a, like a video game in a way, but instead of having a gun, you had a, had a stick. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there's, you see on the wall when he's down there, all the dates are on the wall. So that's, we were already confirmed, but that confirms that yes, it was indeed that room at that time zone where Noah was cleaning the floor. Yeah. Um, we also get uh, Helga getting bullied. We mentioned that earlier on. Yeah. And uh, giving him what for? Giving him what for, but what for is actually urination uh, upon himself. Uh, it was disgusting. It, well, yeah, it's so gross. And uh, to be honest, actually, as well, these boys raise a point that I was going to mention earlier and I, I forgot to. So he's, he's been given some money to give to uh, Claudia. Mm -hmm. um, but when his and these boys take it off of him but when um his mum uh tells him about them she says the coins for claudia are on the table which just seemed like a really really well first off claudia's got a mention which i was really excited about yeah. um but also it just feels like a really weird way of phrasing that i'm sure it's nothing i'm sure it's just them putting a little nod to the idea of coins in the script without it actually meaning anything but yeah it was just an odd uh, an, odd, an odd way to phrase that that felt very purposeful but um but yeah oh, these boys steal them anyway yeah i, I yeah maybe, maybe actually i see what you mean there because every word counts and the idea of saying coins in the dub now maybe if it does mean something obviously we know the dub isn't gonna isn't gonna be making it mean something so i think in the dub that it said money but uh so well, if they... yeah i think in the um in the show uh in the yeah in, in the german version of the show i would expect them to say money as well but so coins just feels feels like an interesting choice of words yeah definitely uh okay so then ulrich comes uh comes to helga's aid yeah he doesn't, he doesn't know it's helga at the minute though and he says to him uh you know next time bite them so he's trying to give them adv him advice how to stop you know stop the bullies basically yeah yeah, it's it's um he may come to uh he may come to regret that biting advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he should have actually just let them continue and you know, yeah. make, he could drown or something. Right. Uh then we get a shot of it's it's actually a really short shot and it's it, it's led into I think I don't even know if it's led into with dialogue, but it's just a shot of Noah standing yeah. <laughs> standing in front of the church yeah. um, holding his little book, but I don't 
Is there any reason for this shot, you think? Oh, uh, well, I mean, there might be some some uh, symbolism behind the stranger talking about th- it, 33 years old is when the Antichrist begins his reign c- and then cutting to uh, a shot of Noah. Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly tell you what the symbolism is behind that, but it there feels go, like yeah. maybe there's a reason. So I've actually amalgamated all the stranger and HG's townhouse scenes in my, in my notes here. Yeah. So- that's why I was thinking what led into it because I couldn't quite remember. Yeah, that makes sense then. So it cuts to the, <laughs> the priest. And, no uh, reason whatsoever for that cut. It's, Noah's just a perfectly nice guy. Uh, there's nothing to worry about there. And I, I, actually, I noticed he had the Chiketra on his, on his quote-unquote Bible. And that's, I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. that's not a Bible. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like that's, I love that cut because it's just you get the stinger for Noah. And it's, you know, this... I, I think this is possibly the first time that it's ever really really explicitly hinted that the stranger and noah know each other i don't know if we've really had any confirmation of that that's i mean obviously we suspect it but mm-hmm. uh I, I think this is the first time that it's really kind of almost been explicitly stated yeah it was stated through the uh through the direction of the show yeah. yeah um okay so then we get egon at the police station talking to daniel carnvald um I think they're just talking about the case. It's sort of another, it's an episode, it's another, it is an episode with many mirrors to the previous timelines we've seen. So we're again getting sort of Egon and Daniel, Daniel Cardvard talking through the case in a similar way to Ulrich and Charlotte would have done. Um, just mirroring that. Um, obviously, we as an audience know what's happening. So it's not like they're, we're, we're not along the ride for, to, we're not on the ride with these characters in terms of finding out the mysteries of the dead bodies. We know the answers, but um but it's still interesting to see that. Uh, I don't know if yeah. you have any notes on that scene. It's, I mean, it's. Uh, I think so. Obviously, the the, um, the the cut from Noah kind of smiling around at where he knows the graves will be to an image of um, Yasin and um, Yasin and Eric's bodies is smart because it just you know reinforces the idea that he's obviously had something to do with it. But I yeah, think yeah. Um, the real the, the thing that I really took away from Egon in general in this episode um is there's a touch of like the tommy lee jones and no country for old men about his character in this where he's sort of this um idealistic maybe even like spiritual cop who doesn't really understand the world that he's trying to protect anymore and it's really it's a really interesting bit of characterization because he feels that way now and it's only going to get worse which perhaps explains or partially explains because i have some ideas about what else may cause it but partially explains why you know he turns to drink and and becomes really jaded um in his later life and and obviously there's the the other cop um talking about being able to punish kids uh for what they'll do in later life is very minority report well it predates minority report but it made me think of minority report and um perhaps that idea will come back in a fairly big way later in the episode (laughs) awesome yeah i'm looking forward to that uh so yeah one thing i actually wanted to do um from this episode which looking at this this maybe seems a good place to do it because not much going on in this scene i wanted to look at a couple of these characters and think about or theorize what they would have been doing a decade before this whenever the war was going what the war was raging on so what egon what what do you think egon was doing during the war do you think he was a german soldier yeah i think i i don't know how old i guess he's probably early 30s here so mm-hmm. he would have probably been in the Wehrmacht, I think, and during the war. Um, poss- I actually don't know where. I assume there must have been like pretty widespread conscription during the war. So oh, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I guess pretty much all of the the kind of characters between the ages of of 
sort of 20 late 20s to to early 40s would have would have been in the military uh in 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 some capacity yeah um and yeah it's interesting that it doesn't mention it but i guess it's you know it's it's not necessarily like they're 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 not necessarily dealing with people with ptsd from the war or anything although they don't necessarily want to get into those kinds of um those kind of themes yeah they're very explicitly uh, avoiding the war there's a, there's a, there's a, there are some allusions to it throughout the series, but de- very much so they are trying to avoid that. Although I will say I'm pretty sure that Burnt Doppler has a war war injury. I, I imagine that's what that what he. Yeah, has. I was I was wondering why like where went oh well where his injury came from and whether we would find out. But I, it stands to reason that it could potentially have come during the war. Um, and yeah, without giving too much away, there's a fairly big hint to if not the war, then potentially a war later in this episode. <laughs> There is. Uh, okay, so moving on swiftly from that, we get um, the voice of HD Townhouse is sort of monologuing over this over this sort of intro to this scene, and yeah. it's talking about um, meeting meeting your father if you go back in the past. So actually, yeah. so Ulrich actually runs into as as we've discussed, time travel films and TV shows always do this. You have the one of the first people you see has to be a, a relative of yours. Yeah, so he finds a uh, good old Tronti himself and uh, Anne Agnes, uh, who yep. is his grandmother. And she's uh, wearing red, which means she is a loose woman in the <laughs> in the uh, in the the rules of cinema. If you are wearing a red dress, you are um, um, oh, what's the words? Uh, oh my god, it's completely gone from my head. But like adulterous. Yeah. Oh you're yeah. Yeah. Philandering. Yeah, you're up, you're up, you're up, you're up for a good time, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she actually she she's very glamorous compared to the rest of this this fifties world we're given, um, and sort of maybe we'll have a little discussion about something in the future in this episode. Yeah. In this episode, um, it sort of catches someone's eye, it seems. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, do you know what I'm alluding to? Um, I'm trying to think now. I don't know. Okay, well maybe we'll just forget I said that. Go, no, and, watch, go, go and watch the episode again. Wait, what? What catches someone's eye? I don't. I'm trying to think. What Ag- Agnes and her and her uh, the the fact that she's sort of very glamorous, put across very glamorous. She's very clearly takes much better care of herself than some other characters. There's someone in the in this episode who, in my in my viewing of the episode anyway, um, seemed to be taken by that we'll oh okay yeah no i know what you mean yeah I, I wasn't sure if you were implying it was ulrich or not yeah we'll come back to that later that's fine that's one of my big theories is about agnes um if, if it was ulrich that would be absolutely mind-blowing because whatever floats your boat he's no he's it's he's <laughs> knowing it's knowingly his granny yeah. he doesn't even care devil may care attitude yeah exactly. no it's um i thought that the the interesting thing about this scene which does come into that theory a little bit later is the fact that uh, we know that Agnes is going to still stay with the Tiedemanns, uh, and they live in the house that Ulrich and Katerina now mm-hmm. live in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which begs the question: How did the Tiedemanns lose that house, and how did the Carnvalds, uh, not the Carnvalds, the uh, Nilsons, uh, get it? Well, they are going to stay there now. Well, yeah, but they're going to rent like a room there, and you know they now in the present they own the house. Uh, so yeah, no, yeah. So how did that transition happen? Um, I suppose is... they could have just moved out, but. I suspect there may be more to it than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, there could be. Um, it's, it's it's just interesting that the, that the house that Tronta goes to in this episode is actually the house that becomes his home, his own. Yeah. How, how yeah, that exactly. happens, we'll, we'll see. But um, okay, so more HG Townhouse. 
Um, There's a a great, um, sorry, like there was just a really great explanation of black holes here, which reminded me of Sam Neill doing uh, pretty much the exact same thing in Event Horizon, where he sort of bends the paper around, uh, which, which I'm always a big fan of. Yeah, uh, anytime you have a visual demonstration in a in a TV show or a film, it's fantastic. Um, I was actually it reminds me of uh, you know the film Arrival. Yes. So I was uh, I was watching a YouTube video the other day, which I recommend. It's uh, it's basically something. The it's a writer of the Arrival talking about how he wrote it, and uh, he's talking about he was trying to speak like how am I going to get the idea of the symbols that the aliens of the aliens language. How am I going to get the idea that we have to learn simple words first across? I can't just have a character, you know, uh, explaining this stuff to the audience for 20 minutes. So yeah. what he decided to do was uh, ha- have uh, Amy Adams arguing with the rest of the characters and, and through arguing or a discussion uh, with two characters with, with supposed opposi- opposing views, that actually is a way for us as an audience to not even realize we're being taught um okay yeah that's interesting yeah so it's 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 not that these characters are 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 debate debating each other or not but there is a little bit of disagreement at the end of their discussion um which sort of leads leads to that so we're getting a lot of exposition but it's also it's put across in a way that isn't boring because it's it's two characters sort of fleshing out their own beliefs and it's, yeah it's, no definitely it's this, it's this awesome like expository dialogue but it's delivered through a totally believable uh, conversation and i think a part of what lends it such legitimacy as well which i didn't actually mention because it's a really stupid pun but the moment uh, that the first thing hg tanhouse says to the stranger is uh, where he says on time like clockwork which is a really dumb <laughs> pun for a clockmaker to make but it also implies the stranger has been there multiple times before and we're we're hearing the kind of middle snippet of a long running conversation or perhaps the end of a conversation based on what happens between these two characters. But that's that sense that, that we're being kind of dropped into the middle of something um, lends the, the exposition that they give us a sense of kind of legitimacy in a way that, that it potentially wouldn't have if it was just two characters meeting each other for the first time and having this conversation apropos of nothing. Yeah, exactly. And as well as like alluding to the idea they might've met each other multiple times, a cooler way to think about it is maybe HG Townhouse knew somehow that he was coming at that time, even though they never met before. Possibly. You know, yeah. I, I also like the idea of everything we from this conversation, all the different times we've heard HG Townhouse like talking about the science and all this black holes and stuff the whole way through the series. It's actually been lifted from this conversation the whole time. Yeah. I, I like that as, as a theme running through. Yeah. I, I think there's, there's, there's definitely some merit to that um uh, to that as an idea that there's this kind of conversation about his theories that kind of underpins the the exposition of the entire series i'll be interested to see if that kind of carries on after that scene with the stranger and uh and hg townhouse we then go back in time to that was happening in 86 we go back in time to 1953 again and ulrich goes and visits H.G. Townhouse because he goes and finds him on the back of a book, the book that he got from Helga about the, a journey through time. And he goes to H.G. Townhouse and asks, is this, is this you? And it's <laughs> the picture on the back. And, He's an idiot. Uh, Auric is an idiot in this scene. <laughs> it's like clearly not him. <laughs> well, I mean, it is him. It's older him. But like, it, it, it'd be like bringing me a picture of myself 30 years in the future and be like, is this you? It's like, I've got no idea. How yeah. am I supposed to answer that question? Yeah, not yet. Um, yeah, so then uh, there's an interesting part as well. Whenever uh, 
uh, young Enos and young Yana come in to the shop. Yeah. And Ulrich uh, goes up and grabs Enos and is, you know, basically going on. Is, is, he, is he demanding to know where, where, oh, about the boys. She, she mentions about yeah. the boy, the boys found at the, at the power plant and he's grabbing her saying, where, what boys, what boys? Um, yeah. Well, there's a, there's a really funny bit in this. Again, the levity is there in Dark, if you look for it, where she says, uh, she's telling H.G. Townhouse about the boys and she says they're abducted by aliens. And yeah. Ulrich like, rushes up to her and grabs her by the shoulders and says, what did you just say? And then, and then Enos, being an idiot, <laughs> goes, assumes that he's asking about the aliens rather than the dead boys, yeah. which is so funny. <laughs> Like an Oryx face is he like Oryx is a great like foil for comedy because he's so serious and so ridiculous in in, in like a lot of the stuff that he does in this episode. Obviously, not all of it's fun, but um, but I like that they can kind of poke fun at his character by having other characters kind of doing funny things while they're around him. Yeah, I think like later on as well when he's in the police station, they're like he's drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, he's he's the subject of ridicule throughout much of this episode and it's well deserved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh okay, cool. Then we get the big reveal next in the, in the next scene. Uh Helga shows up to the Tiedemann's house and there she is, young Claudia. So she's yep. she, he's there to uh he's there to get some tutoring from her. I thought that was really <laughs> funny as well. The uh the woman who eventually becomes the head of the power plant is tutoring the head of the power plant's son. Yeah, and, well, not very well by the looks of things. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Poor <laughs> old Helga. She doesn't suffer fools, that's for sure. No, falsh, falsh, falsh. <laughs> just like she is, she, like she's not doing his, his self confidence any good whatsoever. Yeah, um, there's, there's no, there's no, like you know, as a teacher, I can say if you're just going wrong, 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 no one's going to learn a thing. You need to say, <laughs> yeah. why did you get that wrong? Be constructive, Claudia. Yeah. Um, th- this might be a complete complete misread of this but I, I felt like there was a touch of the wizard of oz about claudia here with the way i'm, I'm sure the dog well just with like Oto? the plants and the ribbons in her hair and the dog i like i'm sure this is a very very typical thing for for a, a young girl in 50s kind of ruralish germany to dress like but when i saw her i was like she kind of has a bit of the dorothy about her hair which is interesting given what we find out about her at the end of the episode Yes, that is true. Sort of in terms of getting uh, sucked away in a hurricane, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't, I don't know if it's deliberate or not, but um, I don't know how how popular Wizard of Oz is in Germany, generally speaking, to be honest. But um, but that was that was definitely my first thought when I saw her. Okay, yeah, I I, I see exactly what you mean. That's a really good good thing to notice. Uh, okay, so um, next next scene, or maybe there's a maybe there's a bit of HG and Stranger in between. I'm not sure. I've sort of cut them all together. So let me know if there is. But yeah. uh, we get uh, Egon, no, sorry, we get Agnes and Tronta arriving to the Tiedemann's house and uh, having a little bit of a discussion. And then Claudia uh, is there as well. And yeah. sort of, they, they, Claudia's going to take Tronta for a look around yeah. as well. A little, a little potential frisson between Tronta and Claudia, which is interesting given uh, we know they will be, be lovers in the future. Um, and uh, Agnes just to fully confirm the kind of film noir femme fatale that she is clearly dressed to appear like when asked about her husband says he's dead and looks away while she says it, <laughs> which, which is, uh, which is not a great indication that she's telling the truth. Yeah. 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 I know what you mean. So uh, I thought it was interesting as well. Like the idea in this episode, very much Claudia seems to be the aggressor in the, uh, in the Tronta and Claudia relationship. Yeah. That, um, she strikes me as quite a, Aggressive, maybe is not the word I'd use, but quite a, a forthright woman. 
Yes, yes, of course. No, but well, yes, I, I mean, like, she's the one making the moves. Yeah, she's, like, you know, she's pursuing. She's the hunter, so to speak. Yeah, um, which is interesting because in 86, Tronta is very much that, I, I believe, he's sort of, he's, he's sort of the whimpering, uh, going to her doorstep, you know, rubbing her hand. He, he's, he's sort of the other side of that. Um, yeah. So the sort of the, 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 it shifts a little bit by the, by the time they, they're older. Um, maybe Claudius has him has him under control by that point. Yeah, like possibly. I, I mean, I think, yeah, I, I, Claudia seems like quite from well from what we've seen of her, which admittedly isn't much in the eighties, um, and what we see of her both in nineteen fifty three and not nineteen fifty three in this episode, mm-hmm. um, she seems like a fairly consistent character who kind of has all her ducks in a row and knows what she wants to do yeah. and how she wants to do it, which I think is one of the reasons why I like her. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I love Claudia. Okay, cool. So we'll catch up with Claudia later. Then we get the scene uh, at the power plant where yep. he's he's uh Bernd Doppler is giving a speech about the opening of the power plant at, at the same time again this is, <laughs> yeah. this is there's a lot of comedy in this episode there's a, there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of subtext that Bernd doesn't appreciate he's lacing into this speech which is <laughs> yeah. quite funny so like all, like as he's talking about it's you know it's it's the future and all this sort of thing there's yeah. uh, there's actually two boys from the future dead in a pile over on the yeah. side and just like little things, like literally, you can just go through his speech. So he goes like, "Man's dominance over nature," and it's like, uh, "No, that doesn't happen." And then we'll ensure wind and stability, and it's like, "Well, yes, but not in the way that you think it's going to," because it literally puts it into a never-ending wormhole time loop. Um, and then the the one bit that I really liked was the one atom can change the world, um, which uh, which feels like a very pointed reference to singularities causing black holes. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there's, there's, this is a very, again, this is quite a funny, funny uh, scene, um, particularly because he just keeps on looking off at the police, like hammering down a, a sign as noisily as they possibly can <laughs> while he's trying to talk about his bright future. Yeah. And then after he's finished talking about his bright future, Egon comes and talks to him. And he, he's, oh, this is so funny. He's very, very convinced <laughs> that it's the coal, the coal miners, the, or the coal plant from down yeah, the road. Yeah, the coal plant operate. That, so the best thing about this is that I think I, I do think that he's right. I think you know the bodies were obviously put there to be found. Yeah, so yeah. someone is probably trying to influence either the construction of the nuclear plant or or you know some they're trying to influence the 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 nuclear plant in the past in some way mm-hmm. so i think he is correct about that but it's just really funny that there's like that kind of dramatic pause when he gone asks him who he thinks is responsible for it and it's like the coal plants operators yeah. <laughs> it's like you just could not be further from the truth and he, he says he says there pl- there's a plot there's a yeah plot. so i made me think of like you know time travel treason and plot yeah <laughs> that's so good yeah so um, uh okay so uh next also, scene. no one respects egon just want to point that out because it's it's twice oh, yeah, yeah, now yeah. we've seen egon he I, he's very idealistic and potentially a little bit naive but it's kind of it's kind of sad to see how just no one respects him as a police officer in this episode yeah and it's even it's even the same in 86 no one no one respects him and you, and you sort of thought to yourself maybe that character sort of he he became you know, near the end of his career, he's sort of not trying that much anymore. It actually yeah. seems like he's never really held much respect. Yeah, whole, and, and, and you can see how you'd become jaded if, you know, you've constantly tried to be idealistic and tried to do the right thing and all you get is just people talking down to you for it. Exactly, yeah. All right, so Helga, Tronta and Claudia and also the dog Gretchen are at uh, at the caves 
And uh, Claudia's talking about how sometimes they go and hide in the caves for fun, that they dare each other to go in. Yeah. Uh, Helga shows a bit of a, uh, a mean streak here. Um, yeah, yeah, he does. Well, uh, Claudia, Claudia makes a comment uh, about like, you know, thank God we got rid of him. So she, she's a bit mean as well. But then, uh, then he throws a stick into the cave and gets rid of Gretchen. Yeah, like I mean, this is definitely some pretty sociopathic behaviour from Helga, uh-huh. sort of s- sending the dog into the caves to satisfy his own curiosity, and then just leaving and not saying anything about it is is, um, you know, but it's not it's not the behaviour of a well-adjusted young man. No, it's not. No, it's not. Uh, okay, so then we get Ulrich, the scene where he comes into the into the uh, into the police station. And they, yeah. say, they say he's drunk and he's, he's, he's coming in. He's asking for about, about the boys. He wants to know if one, one of them's Mickle. Um, and he's, he, he gets from, from Egon, he gets the uh, information that I don't know why he didn't realize this already, that Helga is actually a young boy. Yeah. Right? I, 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 it's again, it's one of those things where the evidence is like right in front of his eyes, but it's not until this moment where he realizes that, yes, this is the fifties. So Helga's going to be young. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he off he goes on his merry way to presumably go and find Helga now. Um, okay, so then we get Egon arriving home to the Tiedemann's house, and he gets introduced to Agnes. Yeah. Um, he starts actually quizzing Agnes uh, a does, little bit. Yeah. And and Doris Doris is like, he's uh, saying, "Oh, my husband's a police officer. Please excuse him." Um, he's asking and, interesting questions. He is asking very interesting questions, and then, uh, out, then uh, whenever Agnes is about to sort of expand and maybe give a bit of inf- background information, Claudia and Tronto burst through the door, saying, yeah. we've, "We've lost Gretchen. We've lost Gretchen." Um, I loved, it's... I loved the uh, the actress who plays Claudia here. I loved her delivery whenever uh, Doris says, uh, "Where's Helga?" and then and then she's and then she goes. Maybe Gretchen's with Helga. <laughs> yeah, she she's got a very expressive face, young Claudia. I liked her a lot in this. Yeah, and actually talking about young Claudia, this is uh, a, we were talking last week about uh, Alexander Tiedemann being like a successful Homer Simpson. Yeah, uh, and the fact <laughs> that and they had Bart as a child, and you you were wondering who's Lisa Simpson. Well, could, yeah, I, the, I, if there is going to be a Lisa Simpson, it's going to be either Claudia or, or Charlotte for me at the moment. Probably more likely to be Claudia. Well, uh, we a commenter last week sort of pointed out, well, wait till next episode, you'll get your Lisa Simpson. So yeah. uh, does she? Does Claudia play the saxophone? That's what I want to know. Oh, but without a doubt. Without, <laughs> without, I mean, she's alive doubt. in the age of jazz. You know, she's yeah. growing up in the age of jazz. So if she doesn't play a saxophone, frankly, they've screwed up in the writing of the character. Yeah, and she is uh, technically the same family because she's Tiedemann, and so yeah, yeah, so perfect. It, it all it all works, you know. It all works. Who is who is the uh, well? Following on from that, then who is the bleeding gums Murphy of uh, of Dark? Uh, old Egon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm willing to accept that. I could definitely see him playing in like sort of a Duke Silver esque like kind of <laughs> Duke jazz, jazz band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Okay, so uh, we then get the scene that sort of is becomes the iconic scene from this episode, and that is Ulrich uh, approaching young Helga on the steps outside the house. Yeah. And uh, let me just say, we all know where the scene goes. Yeah. Okay. When someone is considering murdering a child, <laughs> it's probably not the best thing for the child. The, like, the, the worst thing the child could say 
is that the birds look beautiful when they're dead. Yeah, like Helga does himself no favors in this scene, frankly. <laughs> like he's he's you know collecting dead birds is a bit weird, uh, you know, and and interesting actually. There's you know ties him back to Charlotte, who's his daughter-in-law, obviously, so not related by blood, but that that feels like an interesting and and potentially meaningful uh, connection, but. Um, and also the box he's putting them in looks suspiciously like Enos's tree box. So I don't know, maybe I'm maybe I'm reading too much into that. But I think it's but a yeah. little bit bigger. But uh, possibly it's just a wooden box and I'm seeing connections where there are none. But um yeah, the like Ulrich's performance is is great in this scene because you can kind of see him working through the idea of what he's about to do in his head and he's like looking for any justification to do it. And Helga, as you say, isn't doing himself many favors by talking about things being beautiful when they're dead um certainly gives us a hint at the kind of person that helga may eventually turn into but i I think what's what's really great about the scene is in the previous one um obviously like the the townhouse 83 stuff with the stranger has been talking in the past few scenes before this about the Mm -hmm. idea of determinism and how the stranger is basically trying to break uh the the sort of loop of determinism um asking if it's possible to kind of to stop things from looping um and and that idea that there is this time loop and that the future is influencing the past in this never-ending cycle really gives us a kind of different take on what Ulrich is about to do here and also like uh, just briefly it it throws up interesting questions about Agnes Nielsen and her origins because she's very deliberately left mysterious um you know who 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 could her mother Per, uh, who could her grandmother from Vinden potentially be and is mm-hmm. she actually someone from the future but but yeah mm-hmm. to go back to Ulrich and, and and Helga this idea that they are caught basically when when this started unfolding I think when I got to this scene I don't think I fully believed what Ulrich was about to do until things escalated beyond the point where they could be reconciled yeah but as soon as that happened the idea of determinism sort of came into my head and I started putting all kinds of dots together to do with the penny that he hands Helga um, mm-hmm. before the chase begins and the book that Ulrich has t- tucked into the back of his jeans and it's yeah there's just there's a lot of kind of beautiful um, connecting of dots in this scene that that is fantastic. Yeah exactly and like this really does start the train this is really the moment in the show where you start actually thinking oh yeah this might be a deterministic model where everything we're seeing actually does predetermine what we've already seen in a way yeah. do you know what i mean yeah and like the the brilliant dramatic irony of of Ulrich doing this uh thinking he's well obviously he says mirroring what helga said in the previous episode i can change the past and the future and that's mm-hmm. his justification for what he's doing but in doing what he's doing he's actually setting things on a course that yeah. will cause his son and his brother to to be or his son to go missing and his brother to be his brother to be murdered yeah exactly um so coming out of the scene let's just sort of put our cards at the table what do we think of Ulrich at this point <laughs> he's a great guy Great guy. Loved to, loved to have a drink with him. Seems wonderful. No, he, I mean, he, Leave the dead birds at home. Yeah. Like, uh, he just... Uh, he doesn't wrestle with the idea of what he's about to do for that long. You know, I, I, even in, an, in a universe where I'd be willing to accept a justification for killing a child for something they haven't even done yet, mm-hmm. um, you know, the idea of determinism does raise interesting ethical questions about whether that's ever acceptable to do but it's kind of like i guess it's sort of the trolley problem writ large you know is it acceptable to take action 
to yeah. do and and by your action cause something slightly less horrific to happen if you knowingly would be avoiding something more horrific um and you know obviously that's a that's a quite common ethical and moral exercise but he doesn't wrestle with it for very long he doesn't sort of grapple with the the responsibilities of of you know even pretend well obviously he doesn't he doesn't like wrestle with the gravity of killing a child he also doesn't wrestle with the gravity of potentially changing the future he like you know in, in, he doesn't know what what these actions or what results these actions are going to have mm-hmm. and and he's also you know almost completely remorseless about it it's just it's a, and and the way he does it is absolutely brutal so it's just yeah it's horrific and and, it, and the, i think the way they shoot um this scene and the, the the sound design of what Ulrich does is deliberately very very gruesome it's very horrific um it's very realistic sound very wet sounding which is gross yeah um but yeah i i it's just Ulrich is is awful like easily my i'm gonna say my third least favorite character no in fact second least favorite i like him less than i like helga who is actively murdering or at least helping someone murder children <laughs> Yeah, and I'll just say, there's been, I've seen a lot of comments uh, on various forums and people even commented underneath today's video talking about those forums and how people are fully on Ulrich's side because it's like, the way they put it is, he went and killed baby Hitler. That's what, that's what, they, that's what they say. Would you not kill baby Hitler? Now, let me give my take on that for anyone, anyone who wants to comment below. It's not like killing baby Hitler. Hitler's actions led to in excess of 4 million Jewish people and others being exterminated, basically, uh, put in gas chambers. All, the, the difference is, by Ulrich doing this, he's actually being the person who Helga was going to turn into. So by, by Ulrich actually going and killing baby, young Helga, he's actually just doing the exact act that he's killing Helga for. So it's different than the Hitler example because you're killing one guy as opposed to 4 million. So it, it, it is very, you know, you have, it is debatable, obviously. And it is all, it, there's no real right answer to this. But my idea would be, you're not killing 4 million Jews to kill Hitler. It's Ulrich is, be, you're not becoming Hitler by killing Hitler. Okay, does that make sense? But, you're, yeah. but Ulrich is becoming Helga by killing Helga. Well, I, I, yeah, no, I think, sorry, go on. I think you're totally right there. Yeah, because he's because Ulrich is being one hundred percent hypocritical by 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 doing this. Yeah, because because he is just becoming what he's killing the person who he's killing would become. Yeah, and and I think I mean this is going to sound like a joke, and it is sort of partially a joke. But if you've ever played uh, like Command and Conquer, like the whole, <laughs> the whole the whole plot of Red Alert is that Albert Einstein discovers how to time travel goes back in time and kills hitler before world war ii happens and something worse happens as a result and that is the while that is you know obviously schlocky and kind of ridiculous the 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 whole principle that this show is founded on i think or one of the big principles that this show is founded on is that determinism well a things are deterministic like acts of deterministics you can't actually change uh the future um oh well well i mean you can change the, the future with actions you undertake in the past but they're set on a path because you can never actually because it's a loop you can never actually do anything different than what you're already predestined to do mm-hmm. um but if you even if you could there's no way to guarantee that the future you're creating by 
changing time is better than the one that you're avoiding by by um if you were to leave things as they are and no one person has the the right to make that kind of decision so i think and the fact that Ulrich thinks or maybe i don't even think he does think which is i don't know if it's better or worse but certainly he doesn't entertain the the responsibility he's taking on by attempting to change time mm-hmm. or the responsibility um he's taking on by or well responsibility or guilt i guess is a better word for it that he's taking on by killing a child he doesn't seem to take on any of that and i think that's very consistent with Ulrich as a character throughout this series where he doesn't really we haven't really seen him wrestle with any of any guilt of the actions that he's taken so far like he doesn't feel guilty for his relationship with Hannah, I don't think. I think he feels more guilty that he's been caught, but I don't think he yeah. necessarily felt guilty about it. I don't think he's particularly remorseful about killing Helga. Um, and I, I think that's going to carry on. And he, he's just, yeah, or- Ulrich has become a, a thoroughly, thoroughly unlikable character for me. And and to go back to, you know, the rape allegations with, uh, with Katerina, even though they're not mentioned here, and, you know, they're still... There's still a grey area there. We don't really know what happened. I think it's just further compounding this idea that you know there's this litany of evidence against Ulrich for things that he has either definitely done or has the capacity to do that make him look as bad as pretty much anyone else in the show, with the exception of maybe Noah. Yeah, exactly. And for all the people who were, were sort of without even knowing the ending to that sort of rape allegation storyline, all the people who were supporting. And not and 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 sort of opposed to the idea or arguing in favor of Ulrich in that situation, even though you know at that point in the storyline, bearing this what happened in episode eight in mind, it's so obvious that the creators of this show wanted us to view or in a way anyway question whether or not Ulrich was was a rapist. Yeah, definitely. Like there's the, the at the very least the question mark is very specifically there. Like if you if you'll forgive the the awful callback, the question mark is very much on Ulrich's jumper in marker pen <laughs> here because and the show wants it to be there and it wants you to ask these questions it doesn't it's not even like for that the interesting thing oh i I suppose it's not interesting i think the thing that a lot of people miss with stuff like that is it's not really i don't think the show is asking us to draw a conclusion about Mm -hmm. the rape allegation it 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 just wants us to think about ulrich in the in a violent way yeah yeah like think about him as capable of these kind of acts because it builds this underlying tension which really culminates in this scene like if if we didn't have that and we didn't have him pinning hannah against the wall and we didn't have him kind of accosting helga old helga Mm -hmm. um in the hospital this would come as more of a surprise but there's this very very sort of subtle build of Ulrich's personality to where we're not surprised that he's done this obviously this is this is as far as as he's gone before in fact I wonder if this is where those questions we got in the I think it was first or second episode where people were asking how far do I think Ulrich will go to get his his son back I did say I think he'd kill someone scratch that one down for Conrad thank you very much um (laughs) but um I didn't think it would be quite like this, to be fair. But um, but yeah, the the show is is building this catalogue of evidence and and sort of suspicions against Ulrich specifically for this moment. I think. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, we'll nip that in the bud, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we then get uh, Egon going to uh, the Doppler house. Um, yeah. 
listening and to the same show tune or swing tune that he is listening to 33 years later. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was the same one, but I knew it was a sim- similar thing. Yeah, it was great. Change the radio. <laughs> it's stuck on the same thing. Yeah. Um, so basically, he goes uh, into the house and um, questions where, where Gretchen is. And I just love, I love Greta's body language here. Yeah. She's like, first thing she says is, my husband's not home. Yeah. You know, it's very, it's almost like very of the time. It's like, you know, why, you know, you don't talk to me, you talk to my husband. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not the man of the house. Yeah. And then she, at the end, she sort of just crosses her arms, and yeah. stares him down. Utter contempt for Egon as a character. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I felt really sorry for Egon in this episode because he's just trying to do the right thing. And he's not, you know, he's not particularly incompetent, but, you know, he just, people don't seem to respect him for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a great little, um, uh, as uh, as she says goodbye to Egon in this scene, there's a great little um, kind of swelling of somber music that will lead into the montage that's to follow. But it's I love the way Dark does this; just just throws in these little kind of musical cues to let you know that we're ramping up to something which is going to be going to show us a lot. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and that sort of montage is led into we see. Greta goes and looks for Helga. She finds the dead birds. Yeah. Um, we then get uh, Ulrich dragging young Helga into the bunker. Yeah. And putting him in there. Um, we then get uh, a montage of a load of different stuff. So there's there's pictures yeah. on the wall. Oh, I've got some I've got some stuff about this about this montage. <laughs> right. Okay. So off you go. So first off, um, I thought it was very. Um, that, well, the beginning of this montage is like perfect because it mirrors uh, Jonas from the previous episode, I think. So Ulrich puts Helga's body in the bunker, which in his way is kind of a what, and then he closes the door on the bunker. And, and I think in his own way, he thinks this is kind of underlining his own experience with time travel in the same way that Jonas's burning of the letter from Mikkel kind of underlined his experience in the previous episode. So to Ulrich, he is closing the door quite literally, um, obviously in a far more emphatic mm-hmm. and violent way than Jonas did. But yeah. e- equally to Jonas, uh, we know because of all the talk of determinism throughout this and the fact that we know and like Ulrich has all this evidence in front of him like old Helga has the book he has the penny from 1986 that Ulrich yeah. literally gave him so he knows that what he's done has already ha- occurred and that's why Helga has it but he's not thinking clearly um but so it's just brilliant dramatic irony and as he closes the door obviously the montage kicks off and it's just this brilliant swelling of music um so the the, the thing that first struck me about this is Helga looks very dead in this. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and, you know, there's no way that Ulrich would do what he does and leave Helga alive or not check that Helga is dead um, afterwards. So it, I don't, I, it's unfathom, unfathomable, to, unfathomable to me that he would do this and not be absolutely certain. So we know that Helga is coming back somehow because we've seen him alive with those wounds. So that's, immediately sets the mind racing okay and then there's a so we'll get back into that later don't you worry about that <laughs> and then and then there is this sweeping establishing shot of the trees in Wyndham, which we've seen a thousand times before but this time loads of them are dead which we mm. haven't seen before which asks the question when is that that must be a time we haven't seen yet because there's something caused all those trees to die um then there's a bit you alluded to earlier. So there's Agnes Nielsen touching Egon's wife's hand, which I didn't catch Egon's wife's name, actually. Um, Dor- Doris. 
Doris. So touching her hand while they're making a bed, um, you know, which reveals the red dress ain't just for show. Uh, <laughs> so, it, seemed and, very, it seemed very deliberate as well for Magnus, I would say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've touched a few hands in my time. And don't you worry. Like, I, that's a, that was a, I was, I was a, tacti- a, a, a tactical a hand touch. All the hallmarks of a tactical hand touch. Yeah, a tactical hand touch there. Um, and a, <laughs> maybe a future hint, which again, we'll get back into, at the, how the Nielsens may come to own that house. Um, then you get Tronta Nielsen which this bit was quite interesting to me because he's looking at what looked like cigar burns on his arm and relatively yeah. recent ones. So to me, obviously Agnes said that his father was dead. So to me, this, this gives us three possibilities. Either his father did die recently and he and Agnes are fleeing the murder because they killed his dad because he was abusive mm-hmm. or they are fleeing a still living abusive father, in which case is the abusive father going to come back into the picture or is it Agnes herself who is abusing him because they look quite recent. So it's, there's no, there's no conclusive answer on any of those, but all, all three of those possibilities are fairly juicy in, um, yeah. in terms of storytelling. So I'll be interested to see where they go with that. And then um, <clears throat> to go back to the um, what we're talking about with the YouTube comment um, about the uh, sort of religious undertones, undertones of Kreuzweger uh, as a mm-hmm. as a term, we see Egon at the crossroads between the forest path and the yeah. and and the, the main road uh, with the rosary in the in the foreground, um, and then we get my, one of my favorite bits of the episode. So modern guns and a lot yeah. of them. And then old Claudia in a picture on the wall, which we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And then we get old Claudia staring at the wall in what looks like a long coat and a gas mask. And what could potentially be a storm or given what we can see in the room around her, more likely artillery and gunfire in the distance. Mm-hmm. And uh, what looks like one of those future torches lighting the room. So <laughs> that's interesting. So what's your thoughts there? I think that she might be in the future and I think something might have happened that means she's in a military style bunker. Interesting. We'll get into that later. Okay, no problem. To be, to be continued. Awesome. Uh, I really liked in this uh, montage how in, instead of the, doing like split screens which you've seen before, um, they've, they've actually just shown us more detail of the wall, like um, yeah. what yeah. seems to be now revealed as Claudia's wall. Yeah. Um, so we get all the all the different uh, threads connecting everyone together. Yeah, um, and it, I think it, it's a really smart revisiting of that as well because obviously we haven't really seen it. I think since the first episode, I don't think it's come back since then. Yeah, it's like since like the it was actually like one of the first things we saw in the whole show. Yeah, like we but saw it, it, we saw it before yeah. bef- we even saw it before Michael killed himself. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's just it's this really like you know obviously you could go back and watch the first episode again and see it and see all the stuff that you now know um uh, in it but it's it's just a really cool return to that and then obviously the reveal of claudia is uh is pretty awesome because i knew she was going to travel through time and and here she is in what looks like well it's definitely at least the present because those guns are modern um so um yeah and that future light definitely looks like it's not from the present day so yeah i i was very excited when I, it's so smart as well because they show you the picture of claudia which you haven't seen before so that's uh-huh. exciting and then it like almost immediately cuts just to claudia <laughs> yeah. it's like oh wow okay all right we're just going straight into yeah, we're this. doing this we're doing this yeah 
Yeah, it was great. Uh, this was one of, I think episode three probably had the best one still, but this is one of the best montages in the in the show so far, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was it was really, really up there. Um, it also sort of highlighted to me some of the great casting when it showed the different actors for the young and old next to each other. Yeah, just, that's nuts. Like how good they are with that. Yeah, like the young Katarina. I, I, there's just a few yeah. of them that are just so good. Um, and it, like as we go through the show, there's even more. Trust me. Like uh, in terms of in terms of even just through photos, you see younger. And I'm just thinking to myself, how how on earth did they get that? You know, yeah. Sometimes, it's, it's, sometimes you just assume they must have used a, a photo of like they actually got a photo of the same person. What's yeah, it? no, it's 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 unreal uh, that they managed to that they managed to get um, so many actors who look exactly correct. Like, and you know, I'll, I don't actually know if old Claudia is is the same actor who they got to play middle Claudia and just kind of aged her up or or aged her down I guess for for the no, the she, 80s role No she's um, not she's not It's not the same one okay cuz yeah they but look they look very very convincing Yeah yeah like Claudia is one of the ones that looks really convincing there's a couple of them which are just really really good yeah Um okay so we'll keep an eye on that going forward but uh next scene we get sort of the last scene between old HG townhouse and the stranger Yeah I lo- I love that he starts this with ah it's just a theory Yeah <laughs> it's like, I love. I, I, yeah. I think it is my dude. I, I love like the, the the main theoretical thread, like the thread that's been happening the whole way through the series. He's been sort of narrating the whole time, yeah. and then he just goes, "But that's just a theory." <laughs> yeah, it's like, is it really now? Because I suspect you may be onto something. Yeah, exactly. It's so good. Um, so they sort of have a bit of a disagreement uh, because the stranger shows him the machine. Oh and- yeah. And then uh, HG is like, what, what, what the hell is this? You need to leave. You need to leave. Um, yeah. And then Stranger says, things have to be set right and you have to help me. I've, yeah, seen, I've oh. seen the future. Um, something's got to be done about your kids, Marty. Yeah, the, the, the I come from the future stinger is very I am your density kind of uh, <laughs> here. And it's just, yeah, there, oh, there's so much in this this scene like that. that's just... I watched this scene probably four or five times. It was a fantastic scene. Like the idea that the machine creates wormholes and that there's been, uh, there was an accident at the nuclear power plant, which created the wormhole under Vinden, which is the 86, 53, 2019 wormhole, but that you can create other ones, which, Oh, by the way, I called the nuclear plant was concealing something (laughs) from the the beginning. Um, Oh yeah. So good. And then, I'm sure you're going to get into this, but I'm excited enough that I need to talk about it, which yeah. is the, oh, so, you know, do you want to create, uh, you want to create another wormhole when he asks him to fix the machine? And the stranger is like, no, I want to destroy the one that exists. And there's another stinger. And it's a badass line. It's yeah, just, yeah. It, it, well, as soon as he said that, I started thinking to myself, we got ourselves a story arc, boys. Like, here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we've all, finally, we've got yeah, a story. It took him eight bloody episodes to get to a story arc, but yeah. here we are. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. that's awesome. So, uh, also, also at the end of the episode, we're missing a uh, end of the scene. We're missing a huge part. Is that uh, HG Townhouse takes down? Oh yeah, the, <laughs> the new the new machine, yeah. and it's almost like we're seeing, like, uh, the way I'm going to put this is, it's almost it's almost like well, when I first watched this, my idea was, oh, we're kind of seeing two ends of this machine's life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like he hasn't used it yet at that point. Um, no, it doesn't look, it looks it, brand, it, brand new. And you know that, you know, Tanhouse, obviously based on how he responds to what the stranger tells him, isn't ready to hear this, but you suspect he will be. 
and you suspect the stranger knows he will be and this idea of like a constantly recurring loop within this wormhole is makes you start thinking how many times has this happened how many times has the stranger had this conversation um and there's there's one or two other things that i took from this so the first is him saying i've seen the future i know what will happen to me feels like a very pointed reference to where claudia is right now and the massive swathe of forest that has died um and you know that potentially being 20 2052 maybe um as mm. where some kind of some kind of like conflict or nuclear disaster will happen potentially as a result of control of these wormholes or just by the sort of escalating technology around um around the this stuff that that uh, hg townhouse has invented but there's i i feel like that's definitely something that that this character has seen and i'm not going to talk about it now but one thing i noticed in this scene which i hadn't noticed about um the stranger previously was that obviously he's covered in scars but he has a very 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 prominent scar around his neck like he's either had his throat cut or he has hung himself yeah and he's clearly still alive so I have a theory about that as well. Okay, uh, awesome. So we'll just finish up the episode, then we'll get into yeah. those theories. So uh, young HG Townhouse uh, finds Ulrich's phone in his pocket. Yeah. And there was a great like moment where he turns it on, he throws it on the bench. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's terrified. He's terrified of it. So um, do you have any thoughts about sort of how that's going to be important or whether it is or... So um, that we'll, we'll probably visit this in the theories as well because this is one I got wrong. But I, I kind of stand by my idea that H.E. Tannhaus was just a clockmaker at some point and something set him off on the path to becoming a physicist. And I wonder if him finding this is his in into becoming a physicist. Mm. So we're getting getting back into that determinism stuff again that he wasn't, you know, he, he, he wasn't going to be able to create a, a time-travelling device until someone came back in time and left their iPhone seven or whatever exactly yeah so um awesome and then we'll just end the episode because I'm, I'm, I'm aware that we're getting a bit long now and we do have a lot of theories to go through this is going to be a long episode i think yeah <laughs> that's all right that's all right i'm sure they, i'm sure that, i'm sure the listeners don't mind um so Ul- ulrich then at the end is just sitting there re- i would say reflecting upon what he's done yeah i mean but just I, I don't know i don't even know if his face his face is sort of even showing me reflection i think he's just he it's seems been... utterly remorseless to me. He's just staring, unblinking at the door to the bunker. I, I making don't... sure that Hel- Helga doesn't come back out again. Yeah, I, I think he's making sure he's dead. Um, and then, yeah, the the little TikTok sound to close the episode. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, it's just a great, great little bookend to the episode to say, you know, to, to kind of imply that all that has happened has happened before and will happen again and this is all just part of a big dance as hg tanhouse describes it yeah exactly it's great okay so let's get into the 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 roundup yeah let's do it all right so i kind of feel like uh you're a lawnmower and i just need to you know pull the string and let you go here (laughs) just point me in the right direction but uh one thing we'll do uh, we'll do my utterly useless Your rating. IMDB rating, which it's I not have useless. To... We're showing showing IMDB users who's boss by telling them they're wrong. Them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this episode, episode what is it? Episode eight got a nine point two. Okay. Which is actually the the highest value so far. And I think that I my personal thought is. 
that's all the all down to Ulrich beating Helga. <laughs> like, I, I, like people saw that and they're like, "Oh my god, yeah!" Which it's a bunch is, of it's sociopaths. <laughs> yeah, well, no, but I mean, like, it's it's a real big payoff in a way for, oh, for see, the build yeah. for the build of the character. I can see people ending the episode with a nine point two in their mind. It does put it as the best episode in the season, um, except for it equals one more, which we haven't seen yet. But it okay. puts it as the best in the season. Uh, what do you think about that? I think that score is probably pretty fair. I think, I mean, I still think episode five is the best and should be almost a 10, if not a 10, because that was like a perfect episode of television as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But, um, but this is pretty close to that. And, you know, there was, there was just, yeah, there was so much good in this episode. You know, the, the, it's just a strong episode from start to finish. Um, like you say, or it getting pushed to, and then one might say over the brink of madness is yeah. is great. There's some really fantastically compelling reveals, like Claudia being back. Um, the Stranger and Tanhouse kind of expository dialogue underpinning the whole episode is is really fascinating and interesting because it's just throwing in these little like morsels um, of the wider time travel theory about determinism and causality, um, and that that like the kind of the expanding of what we know about the sort of wormhole plot at the centre of well Vinden and and the show really broadens the horizons as to what we can do now because you know we know there's a wormhole under Vindum, but we also know there are machines that can create wormholes and yeah. we know kind of roughly how they work and it's yeah th- th- this is it's bizarre that the, i don't know how they've done it looking back on it like I, that they've managed to make this show really compelling and interesting without really getting to the meat of their plot until the eighth episode <laughs> of the first season yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but somehow they've done it um uh, and i i wonder if they're just if they get, they're sticking to this kind of track now or whether there's just going to be more and more stuff opened up. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, that's actually, a, I'm sure one of the listeners will probably ask you this question, but I was just wondering, in terms of the stranger wanting to destroy the, the, the wormhole, when do you envisage that happening? Like, when do you envisage his attempt at that? Oh, I mean, I, I don't think that's coming for a while. Um, because, you know, by, if you close the, the wormhole in Vinden, that's presumably when all of this started. Um, so if you close the wormhole in Vinden, I guess you're kind of resetting everything and like you're closing the time loop. So um, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to see that for a while. Okay. Oh, okay, cool. Right. Uh, theory time. Off you go. Okay. So first off, I'm going to go through the stuff that I got wrong as a result of this episode because there's okay, a few. Cool. So but you don't have to go into, in, don't go into too much detail because we'll go into details on the theories in the series sum up. Uh, yeah. the season one uh, summary show but just yeah just like list them off which ones you yeah. got wrong so for those playing along at home get your red pens out because uh <laughs> falsh 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 yeah <laughs> uh, so, uh, number one uh Tannhouse is just a clockmaker in the 80s and becomes a physicist as a result as a result of the stranger's intervention so i think i was half right with this but i think i was just 30 years off and it was Ulrich's phone rather than the stranger that that, that got him got him started true um so number two helga was placed in the 80s by the hooded figures and his ear was a result of them did not see i should have really seen it but i didn't see Ulrich coming to be honest uh-huh. um number three the trachetra tying into like the yggdrasil nine worlds norse mythology stuff just completely wrong by the looks of things on that um, <laughs> I, I, I thematically some of the things yeah the, I, I think there are there, there are some there are some idea, like thematic consistencies with in, you know yeah. traveling through the world tree which is like the, the wormhole but i'm i'm prepared to mark that one off as wrong because it's it's too vague there's a few vague ones one of my early theories is and i quote 
Peter Doppler is guilty of something, which, you know, <laughs> what does that even mean? It also depends. It also depends what era you're living in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Adultery. You know, guilty of loads of things. Um, number four, this is a doozy. Uh, the government conspiracy, conspiracy to send kids back to the 80s to test bringing them forward in time. Uh, I put in brackets, what was I even thinking here? So that was not a good one um and then fifth, although to be honest with you when you made that one you were very much in the mode of uh 80s horror 80s yeah 80s. yeah that was that was the first episode so i mean i give myself a little bit of leeway for you know getting stuff wrong in the first episode of course um and then fifth uh, helga has been duplicated by nara and co um open parentheses i still think he has been duplicated which is how his older self is able to step through times <laughs> but not by noah which we'll get into in a second interesting but um yeah so those are the ones that i've got down as like definitively wrong i've marked a few others off as wrong on my on my matrix which we'll probably go through in the season roundup yeah but okay. um okay so theories so obviously we kind of know this in this episode but just to sort of nail it down um in killing helga Ulrich has actually put him in the path of Noah, I think, because we know from the beginning of the last episode that Helga either either isn't dead, well, which which seems unfathomable, or he is dead and will come back to life. Um, so I think that, and this goes back to the meeting between the stranger and Jonas in the graveyard, where he says that death is unfathomable but it's like kind of a way to escape um escape the loop and i wonder if by dying it allows you to escape your time or the loop somehow um we know that helga has died and woken up in a different time or perhaps outside of time he's woken up in that that bunker where his body was left but in what looks like the 80s and I wonder if the stranger, given the, the scars on his neck, has also hung himself like Mikkel to kind of escape the time loop. Um, Interesting. And, and if perhaps Mikkel or Michael killing himself in the first episode was him doing it to escape the loop. So it's not actually him ending his own life. It's him doing it to escape the, escape the loop and go off to try and rectify it, I guess. Um, so my, my suspicion now with uh, Helga is that he's going to come back to life in the bunker in uh, the 80s, because I guess that's the centre of the sort of three-pronged wormhole in Vinden. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really sure how he's going to come back, but by coming back in the 80s, it's going to put him directly in a path with Noah, who will sort of coerce young Helga into joining him by like looking after him and saying, you know, you're, you're out of time now, or you're, you know, I'm the only thing you have. So Helga will effectively have to serve Noah because he has no one else. Mm. Um, Cause he's a you know 10 year old out of time. Um, and Ulrich has explicitly put him on that path. Um, and I, I suspect that Noah <clears throat> has one of those wormhole machines as well that, um, that uh, the stranger has given to H.G. Tannhouse to fix. So that's how Noah is stepping between times. Um, so I'm really fascinated to see how that develops, because I, I think there are two Helgas, but I don't think it was as purposeful as I made it out to be in the, in the last episode. I think it's purely that by dying, maybe it's dying in a certain place or dying in a certain way, but by dying, Helga has now escaped the loop. Um, uh so yeah that's my big theory to do with death and to do with um you know helga and noah and ulrich um 
I've got a couple of others as well. I don't know if you wanted to say anything on that one before I get, keep going. So I just want to, you keep using the word unfathomable. <laughs> um, so in your mind, there's, up, I, I might be trying to lead you down a certain path here, but uh, in, in terms of I want you to go a certain way for, for hilariousness sake. But, <laughs> but uh, there's, in your mind, there's no way that Helga's alive. Well, I just, I can't see Ulrich beating a kid's head in and not making absolutely sure he was dead. It just seems, that seems so, that, that would seem like a massive oversight and not very realistic to me. I mean, I guess, you know, he could wake up and, and you know, I guess he could not be dead and somehow like being in the bunker sort of ends up with him waking up in a, in a different time because it sort of shields him or magnifies the effects of the wormhole or something. But I don't, I think it's in a bizarre way, I think it's a lot more likely that by dying, he has like escaped the escape the loop and and is now waking up outside of time or in the center of time which i guess in this wormhole is 86 How, where where have we got to in episode yeah. <laughs> in episode eight of dark so far where you're already willing to make a statement like i think it's more likely that he yeah. died and he, and he still lives in a different like sort of outside of time area rather than just being like yeah or just didn't realize he was his heart was still beating yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like my, I'm sure the show will completely humiliate me in a, like one episode's time when it's just like, yeah, he just he just has a stronger constitution than Auric gave him credit for. He he he, he was playing D and D and he rolled a life saving throw. Yeah, yeah, he used one of his um, I can't remember what they're called those points that allow you to like save your own life basically. Yeah, is uh, yeah, I don't know. He, he looked very dead to me, and, and you know the close shots of his face and stuff. It, that Helga is dead like there's no way he's not dead and we know that he wakes up in that room in what very much is is strongly suggested to be the 80s given we've seen it in the 50s and there's no wallpaper and we've seen it in 2019 and there's no wallpaper so it's either uh, 1986 or it's the future which I'll get into in a second well it can't be the future but, um, because remember uh, Charlotte did find a bit of the wallpaper yeah that's true as well so Charlotte found the wallpaper so it kind of must be the 80s really um but uh so you know we we know that helga has woken up with those wounds still fresh on his face in mm -hmm. the 80s so yeah. something's going on <laughs> something's going on definitely. yeah um but yeah so following on from that then i think there's been like a nuclear disaster all-out nuclear war which kind of gotten into already but in the future which is where the stranger is from and where claudia currently is and i think that's what they're trying to stop they want to destroy the wormhole in vinden because they know that the wormhole in vinden will basically set in motion a sequence of events which will lead the world to kind of nuclear ca catastrophe or some kind of catastrophe i guess okay cool um is that your theories for the week um, well, I've got one other one, which is um, that Agnes Nielsen is going to seduce Tronta's wife, maybe Tronta too, and steal their home away from them. You, she say, also... you mean Egon's wife? Oh, sorry. Yeah, e Egon's wife. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe she'll seduce Tronta. I don't know how that relationship works. Uh, <laughs> Egon's wife, rather, yeah. And, and potentially Egon as well. And uh, steal their home from them as part of it, which I think will really kind of lean into Egon's kind of sad story that you know he's he's always been a good man and he's just been like constantly screwed over by people around him but the big part of this theory is she might be martyr <laughs> because okay. because like when they like every time they've talked about her character they've talked about 
how the future can also influence the past and obviously that's mainly talking about Ulrich going back and and um killing Helga um that kind of set certain events in, in motion but I feel like the fact they're not saying who she is and she says her grandma is also from Vinden I don't know I've got that, a, that she would, looks a bit like Marta <laughs> that would mean that Ulrich's granny is his daughter yes although you have uh, you have alluded to the, a theory that Marta is not his actual biological yeah i i think i'm like the fact they haven't like come back to that i i think is is maybe me just maybe reading more into the the ariadne play than they intended um but yeah so so yeah uh Ulrich's grandma is also his daughter <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on board for that theory <laughs> yeah yeah chill, chill that one out <laughs> yeah, yeah that's great um on the matrix yeah i also like the like how um the idea it's sort of actually maybe i shouldn't say this because it's sort of it's sort of making it out as if i'm fully agreeing with you when i'm trying to be neutral but um which i'm not intending to do and it also just let you know before i say this it isn't proving that i'm agreeing with you but uh i just thought (laughs) thought of this your theory that um agnes forces them out of the house would kind of sort of work a little bit as to why egon when he's older has a thing against ulrich yeah, yeah, I, I, I did. Um, I was kind of looking out for that in this episode, to be honest. Like, look, obviously, they only, I think they only we have the one interaction in the police station. It's pretty, it's relatively amicable. Yeah. Obviously, Ulrich's, you know, being Ulrich and just charging around like a bull in the china shop. But um, yeah, so I, I'm interested to see where Egon's animosity towards the Nielsen's comes from. And yeah, I, I hadn't actually considered that, but that would totally play into this if if it if it does end up that Nielsen seduces uh, Agnes Nielsen ends up seducing his wife um and their marriage kind of falls apart as a result and he has to move out and I, actually also talking about people moving homes as well one thing I didn't mention was um the Dopplers have a really nice house in 1953 and they now do not have a really nice house and I wonder what mm-hmm. happened to all of their money and um yeah like well what, what, what I, I don't, there. don't give an answer to this but you know how sometimes our listeners point you in a certain direction? Yeah. Uh, well, whether, whether for their own enjoyment or whether because there is something there. Uh, but someone has asked, actually asked a question. So tuning in this Saturday for this question. Uh, okay. Nice. So basically the, the question is, uh, do, you, do you recognize the Doppler mansion from anywhere? Um, so just think about that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I think that's us done for the roundup. Let's get into the what the dub. What the Dub? So every week I'm watching the English dub. I've never watched the full thing before, so I'm putting myself through it. Some might call it torture. I call it great fun. Uh, <laughs> this week, uh, I say great fun. Uh, uh, Conrad, I don't, I'm getting to the point where I, I'm getting too used to it. There's not much that I'm finding funny anymore. It's it, like it's. I'll, I'll start to worry when you get to the point where you're actually saying it's actually pretty good. Yeah, That's no. Cool I'm, defi- I'm definitely not saying that. Um, like the whole the whole feel of the show is not there for me. Um, like in the fifties, you know, the, it's it just every time I heard the American voices, it just took me out of it. I don't know. It, <laughs> I, I don't know. But this week, I was to be honest with you, I was really scraping the barrel this week, and I really, really thought to myself, let's just not do what the dub this week. But I'm a bit of a perfectionist, so we have to do it every week, uh, no matter what, even if it's something that's terrible like this. Now this time. As it has been before, it comes across as if I'm being praiseworthy of the dub here. 
it's not really a comment on on the dub in general. It's more this, right? Now, last wow. week and before, people have commented on the way that we pronounce Helga. Yeah. Right? So we pronounce it Helga as if it's H-E-L-G-A, which I think is more of a feminine name, Helga. Yeah. Um, so apparently, the, I might even get this pronunci- pronunciation wrong, but the way that they spelt it out for me, I think it's meant to be Helga. Yeah, I think that's that's how I would, if I was really committing to pronouncing it correctly, I think that's probably how I would try and do it. Yeah, Helga. Helga. Helga, yeah. Uh, so what we say Helga, which obviously, which is wrong, and I'm 100% okay to admit that. Um, it, it makes me think of Helga Pataki from Hey Arnold, so I like that as well. <laughs> but uh, what the, the, the thing I noticed in the dub this week is they're all saying Tronti and Tideman and Helga, right? Yeah. Just, Helga's obviously, we say it too, but they're all saying the wrong thing. And then out of nowhere, the young actress who does the dub for Claudia, young Claudia, yeah, she said, maybe Gretchen's with Helge. <laughs> She's like the one, the one German speaker. She's like an, an American who took German at university or something, and she's like subtly trying to course correct the pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, like I was just, it really got me because after the, <laughs> someone commented it last week, you know, basically saying we're pronouncing it wrong. Um, it was really like I was keenly looking out for it and this young actress who's doing the voice like because she's completely wasted in the dub I'll say that because yeah she's actually got the got the pronunciation right yeah so, look out for her in a Hollywood production in the near future because she she's got she's going places whoever yeah, that, she, that, that actress is she actually think uh, uh, and branching off the back of that I was actually I was really scraping the barrel again thinking what could I talk about <laughs> and then whenever I was, this is really, and I'm sorry to the listeners for this, this paints me in a very bad light, what I'm about to say. Oh, Christ. When I was watching the scene where Helga was being bullied, yeah, I, imag- I thought to myself as it was coming up, I don't know why I thought this. I thought it'd be funny if the actor who played the bully in the English dub, like in the studio where they're recording his voice, was like a method actor. <laughs> <laughs> Or did like, like actually actually got the sound out of of him of him pissing? Just started, on... Yeah, just started pissing on the floor of the studio. And that, and that... Or would like be funny if he was like a foley artist as well. Like yeah. he sort of, he's got like he's got like a bit of cling film in front of the thing, trying to yeah. make, it, <laughs> yeah. make it sound like the urination. But yeah. Like and then like that that so that that thought came to me and I just couldn't stop laughing. But the reason why it came to me as well is because the initial thought that popped into my mind was, and I don't know why, I thought. I wonder if they're going to dub the urination. <laughs> <laughs> that distinctly sounds like a German flow to me. Yeah. Well, it's me, American. Thank you very much. Yeah, like Our listeners there... won't understand. Yeah, like they're both in the same hemisphere, so they would swirl the right way. But you know, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> that's what I noticed this week, anyway. Well, one was one was what I noticed. The other thing was just my crazy brain doing things. That I mean, I, be done. I think you're you know you're making excuses for it because it's becoming normalised for you. But I still think there's a rich vein of comedy to be mined from this 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 like awful dub and its awful pronunciations although i do oh, appreciate yeah. the the hypocrisy of saying that while i i sort of systematically mispronounce the names of every character <laughs> in the show i mean in some cases i just get the names completely wrong yeah like, like so who am i to talk yeah Catherine and egon is now tronta yeah and i i would say as well um uh coming up in episode 10 I already know what the what the dub is for that. I've known that from the start. 
that okay. there's, a, there's a part in in episode 10 which made me think of doing this what the dub segment to begin with so okay good so we've got we've got like light at the end of the tunnel we've got light at the end of the tunnel no pun intended actually there conrad uh-huh. um towards the end of this season okay so that was our episode this week i think we're pretty well conrad what about you yeah uh that was um that was fun i like i really enjoyed that episode i can't wait to see where we go from here uh, i know i say that at the end of almost every episode but but that was that was a really strong one and um yeah we've got ourselves a show we've got ourselves a show and a plot apparently and a plot yeah yeah so uh make sure you subscribe on youtube as well as on the podcast audio apps leave a comment below uh underneath if you want to ask comrade questions remember uh, we're not, we might not be making a fully fledged video for it based on the whole situation going on with me however if we can get them answered in some way in the future before we sort of move too far in the show we'll try and do that for you so by all means or maybe even just ask ask questions to each other who knows um <laughs> have so a conversation I, yeah so this saturday uh look out for the uh no actually i just said that's not happening yeah listen my, i'm going mad. i'm going mad at the minute i'm back at work i've started showing my face in videos i've got a new baby on the way i'm absolutely yeah. my head is listen, melting you're, you're not our real dad you can't tell us when to release videos all right <laughs> okay i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> all right anyway i think that's us for the week uh have a good week everyone goodbye goodbye thank you for listening to the after dark podcast make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode 